Hey guys, what's going on? This is Patrick here. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Danny. He's been running a free Magic Online uh, Community Legacy League every Wednesday, starting at 8.30 Eastern. Uh, the league is free to join in, and prize support supported by Card Order. So if you guys need cards on Magic Online, check out Card Order. And uh, shout out to Danny, man, for running this free league. It's really awesome. Uh, hop on uh, Gathering and uh, check it out. Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy... This is John Kerman, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hi, this is PJ Butler, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is Kyle, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hey, this is Jim. This is Leaving a Legacy. Got a mouthful of meat. Um. Oh, wait. That's not what I meant. Don't put that on there. Now we take you to the Red Room, where Round 1 pairings have been posted. Welcome back, everyone, for another awesome episode of Leaving a Legacy. Jerry, me here, joined as always by the one and only Patrick Ugelo. How you doing, man? What's going on, Jerry? Not much, not much, and we got someone else in the house tonight. What is up, Lawrence? How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Just uh, relaxing after a weekend of grinding magic, I guess. <laughs> the grind <laughs> it is. The grind it is because tonight is our very first miracles centric episode. And we will go to time. <laughs> we, will, <laughs> we will go to time. So buckle up, everyone. <laughs> Uh, Lawrence uh, has been a member of the Leaving Legacy group for a long time now, I think pretty much almost since the beginning, uh, and you have been an avid Miracles player, and you just recently top uh, 16 DCG. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, 10th place at this one, 4th at the last one. So. Oh, nice. So you've been uh, putting up a, uh, with Miracles the last time as well? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, why don't you kind of just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from, you know, what's your history with the format? Um, I live in Ohio. Uh, I got into Legacy after I got back into Magic. Um, I kind of just played EDH and just hung out with friends. Um, and then kind of stumbled across the Star City archives and just started watching a bunch of those in my free time. And, um, that, you know, grew a natural interest in Legacy as a format. Um, so eventually I ended up just kind of proxying up a bunch of decks and trying out things with my friends and on Cockatrice or whatever, and, uh, ended up cycling through probably 15 plus decks before I ended up trying out Miracles. Damn. Um, did, did you find you were leaning in any particular color or theme? I, I was just kind of trying things out. Like, the first deck was, uh, green-black Lompox. Nice. And Life from the Loam is one of my favorite cards, and grindy value based decks are kind of my thing. I played Jund and Modern. Mm-hmm. Um so it was that was up my alley and then one of my friends told me to try Death and Taxes and I was like, I'm not gonna like this deck. It's like white weenies and stuff and Yeah, why would like, why would anyone like Death and Taxes? Right. And then <laughs> like and then I picked it up and I, I started winning and I was like, how did I win? Like how does how does this deck win? So I just kind of played that for a few months and I got bored. And um at the time I was at my college's magic club and a guy proxied up miracles and he was super stoked about the deck and you know I just decided to try it out and 
found it really fun, and here I am now. <laughs> nice. So why don't we uh, we run down your list a bit? I I like your build. Um, there's some spice that I want to point out when we come to it. But uh, I have a list here. So for the creature base, you have two Monastery Mentor, three Snapcaster Mage. Um, do you feel that's kind of like the right numbers for creatures for the deck? Um, so it depends on your build of Miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a few bigger builds. There's just kind of like the standard four ponder, three Jace, two Entreat based list. Um that's kind of the you, older list, too, is it not? Right. That's like the list that Philip Schoenegger was pushing a couple years ago. Um, and then Predict kind of came on the scene. And you see Monastery Mentor and Predict paired together because Mentor, in a weird way, is a mana sink for all of your card advantage that you get off of Predict. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so just to read, because that, that was the card I wanted to point out, just because... It's not, it was, well, at least not until recently, it wasn't part of stock miracle list, but I'm seeing it pop up more and more, and it's a really cool card. So, right. Oh, yeah, I just, uh, so it's from Odyssey, it's an uncommon. Sweet art on it, too. Uh, one in a blue for an instant. Name a card, then put the top card of target player's library into his or her graveyard. Uh, if that card is the named card, you draw two cards, otherwise, you draw a card. Uh, so it plays great with Sensei's Divining Top, which just lets you look at the top of your library and then you target yourself for some sweet card advantage. Right. Yep. Ponder, Brainstorm. Uh, as the number of cantrips increases, the value of Predict goes up. Um, and you, the main one thing that people can, or I guess people forget a lot, is that you can target your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the mirror, uh, one time I was playing the mirror and the guy had counterbalance. So I was just... Um, I had two tops in play, so I would draw one top in my upkeep, or draw a card in my upkeep with the top, draw the top for turn, cast it to check the top card of his deck, and then I had a predict in hand. So whenever he had a card I didn't want, I would just predict it away, or if he had a one-drop, predict it away, and I think I pyroblasted it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can do fun shenanigans with that. Um, even, like, Fate Seal with Jace. You plus two Jace, target your opponent, and you're like, no, nah, I don't even want to put that on the bottom of your library. I want that to go to your graveyard. Right, there are a couple times where you just want something out of your opponent's deck. Right. Uh, so yeah, Predict is a sweet card. Uh, but So no Vendillion Click main. I see you run two in the sideboard. Yeah. Um, I prefer my main deck to be more streamlined, uh, just kind of as redundant as possible. I just wanted to do the same thing every game as, as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Um you're not really looking to set up a uh uh engine kind of game with so a third variation of miracles is legends miracles and right. that one focuses around Caracas, Vendillion Click and Venser uh to just basically use Caracas to return these your value creatures to your hand so you can cast them again. Right, right. Um the way that I look at legends miracles is it's way more powerful in the late game. Mm-hmm. Um, just like exponentially so. Like Vincerlock is unbeatable. Uh, click, you know, just cycling through your opponent's hand, just filtering them in their draw step is pretty unbeatable. Um, but what I like about the four ponder list is you have more velocity in the early game. Mm-hmm. So once you get to the late game, everything's kind of arbitrary. Um, you do lose random edges in certain matchups. Like Vincer gives you like a pre-boarded way to just blow out sneak and show decks, right? 
Um, but you do lose some equity in the Delver matchups because your mana base is a bit worse. And admittedly, my mana base with this list is extremely greedy. Um, I play a basic mountain in the main board and no red spells. And I'll admit, that's completely just greedy. <laughs> so I'm looking, like, so that's for Kozlik's Return in the sideboard, three Pyroblasts, and a Wear and Tear. Two Wear Tear. Two Wear Tear, sorry. Yeah. Um, so so that's why you're running the Mountain main. Right. Um, sometimes you'll see the Mountain in the sideboard. Uh, I just didn't really have the space in the board to do that. Um you're also pretty low on lands, I feel, for most Miracles lists. You're, you're down to 20 lands. Yes. That's nearing Delver numbers. <laughs> right, right. Um, again, that's kind of something you'll see more with the Predict lists. Just once you go up in cantrips, you have more draw power. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just hit your third land drop uh, using Ponders or Snap Ponder or whatever. Um, hit your fourth and fifth land drops, and then you don't really care. And a lot of times you're predicting away random fetch lands and, you know, you just start drawing the cards you need. So the need for lands is, like, a higher land count is not as necessary. Um, It's kind of the general uh, philosophy of, I think it's every two cantrips you add, you can cut a land kind Mm -hmm. of deal. Yeah. So back in the day, Miracles list used to run 23-plus lands. And as you saw Ponder come into play, the list dropped down to... 22 lands, usually one of which being a Caracas, and then people realized that Caracas was just really bad in this variant of the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of dropped down to 21 lands. Right, right. So it's almost like uh, this version of Miracles, you know, Mentor Miracles, whatever you want to call it, it, it definitely feels like a much more aggro build of Miracles. Um, right. It kind of reminds me of even of the list that cut... So you're running two Jace the Mind Sculpture, but, th- you know, this list is not that far off of the list that cut Jace entirely in favor of four Mentor main. Right, uh, Wilson Hunter's list. Right. Um, I actually played that list for a while, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, the only issue I ran into is that it's very one-dimensional, mm-hmm. and um, having Jace gives you outs to random things like Iona against Reanimator... Um, but the deck, that list is really great if you have a pretty fair metagame. Because game one, you just wreck any fair deck. Right. And post-board, my sideboard was like 15 cards for combo decks. That was just it. <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was something like three Flusterstorm, three to four uh, Red Blast effects, two to three Wear Tear, three Vendillion Clicks, you know, along those lines. Yeah. But, so let's take a look at your spell suite. Uh, so... Four Sensei's Divining Top, three Counterbalance. Uh, were you just kind of shaving numbers? Is that why you didn't include the fourth Counterbalance? Or what's kind of the logic behind that? Um, it's it's a mix of things. Uh, once you start putting Predict and Council's Judgment and uh, Mentors in your list, you kind of start running out of space for things, and you have to shave things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally am a big fan of Counterspell. There's a lot of Post-board, people attack counterbalance heavily. Right. So I, I, in a lot of matchups, I just like to board them out completely. And having counter the two counter spells is nice. I would play a third if I had the room or some sort number of spell snare. Because mm-hmm. you can just go on the, uh, me and my friends jokingly call it the Jund plan, where you just, you know, one for one your opponent, 
ponder, predict, one for one them some more, and just eventually play like a entreat or a mentor, and they die. And you just keep, you know, you've been making plays that leave you up one card, or you know, Snapcaster counterspell is absurd and right. And, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, so okay, so you know, need a little bit of room. Um, also, the second counterbalance isn't nearly as useful as the fourth, as the second uh, Sensei's Divining Top. It's generally better to have more Sensei's than counterbalances in play. Um, it's situational. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you run more fetch lands, the second counterbalance is valuable as a scry engine, mm-hmm. and counterbalance and predict interact nicely. You can. You know, I've flipped cards to Abrupt Decay uh, just to see if I wanted to predict the card away. Um, so second counterbalance isn't as bad in this list as it is in a other Miracles list, mm-hmm. per se. Right. But, I mean, you're still running four senses just because, situ- you know, and more often than not, just being one casting cost, uh, not as man-intensive, and also having an opening hand with Sensei's Divining Top, I feel, is one of the biggest reasons to play Miracles. Like, Miracles with a turn one Sensei's is uh, is almost like a whole different deck than a Miracles deck that gets Sensei's out later in the game. I I think that's a little more true of, like, a Jola Sets list mm-hmm. or, like, Rip Helm. Yeah. Um, like, the opening hands, I'll keep, uh, I'll keep, like, a one-land hand with Ponder, but I won't keep a one-land hand with top, if that makes sense. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Like, ponder, you know, you just find your next land, and from there, or, you know, if you ponder, see two lands and arbitrary spell, you'll draw the two lands and you're set for the game. And then you'll have Snapcaster Mage, so you can snap back ponder or snap back a brainstorm. And you can find your top more easily. Right. Um, but there are matchups where turn one top is pretty clutch. Or just really nice to have. But there are a lot of games where you'll go turn one top and then turn two just like have, hold up counterspell and counterspell something random and then, you know, not actually activate top until turn three or four. Right. So I guess it, it kind of reflects that the deck is just wants to dirtle a lot less. You know, you kind of either want to be, you know, playing a threat or holding up counter magic to one for one them rather than just kind of play top, activate top and upkeep set your game plan up, and then deal with whatever they play. Right. Um, Monastery Mentor kind of... It it did, honestly, blow the deck wide open. There's a lot of matchups that were considered, you know, pretty hard to win. Uh, Goblins, 12-post, like, mud-style decks. uh, But Mentor is just an absurd magic card, and every time I play with it, I... You know, I think it's a mistake that it was printed. Um. <laughs> no, I, believe me, I know. I try and shoehorn Monastery Mentor in every every deck. In fact, I was at a 1K this weekend, and Zach, uh, who I've known in the Legacy community for a long time, just came up. He's like, oh, what are you playing today? Uh, I'm playing uh, Blue-Red. He's like, oh, so Monastery Mentor in the sideboard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, Zach. Monastery Mentor is always in the sideboard. <laughs> That, yeah, that card, that, it's insane. That card's just absurd. Yeah. Um, it was definitely a mistake to print it, and it being in this deck is <laughs> just completely absurd. Yeah. Hey, you know what's a really good card? Young Pyromancer. How about we turn that up to 11? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so, rounding out, we got the two Counterspell we mentioned, four Brainstorm, of course, four Force of Will, uh, two Predict... Four Swords to Plowshares, one Council's Judgment, and four Terminus for removal. That's pretty standard. 
then we got the four ponder to complement the brainstorms and predict, and then the spicy one of entreat the angels. I, I've seen a lot of lists just kind of imba- abandon and treat the angels completely, but do you, you still like it even with the low land count? Um, you can get away playing one entreat with twenty lands, uh, just because it floats in your deck a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And there are various matchups that just can't beat entreat. Um, you know, shardless they. They can't beat that. But Mentor, you have to do this weird dance of, like, throwing out counterbalances into Abrupt Decays, playing multiple Snapcaster Mages, trying to bait them into a Decaying those, so you can go Mentor and then play a top and then hold up a Brainstorm for the other Abrupt Decay they have. And sometimes you can just entreat and kill them. Or against, um, you know, a deck like Storm. Um, sometimes I've just turned three and treated for one Angel, or turned four and treated for an Angel, just to put a clock on them. So it's just a nice flash threat that um, it kind of covers the bases that Mentor doesn't. It kind of gives you that oomph, end of turn, make an angel, I win the game. <laughs> right. Like, Mentor requires you to have cards to win. Uh, you need spells to dump into it, in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Treat, there's, you can just be hellbent, spin top, fetch, spin top, see and Treat, cast it, win. Right, right. Nice, and then moving to the sideboard, we got one Containment Priest. That's pretty standard. Containment Priest is a house against a lot of decks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Reanimator, Dredge, you know, Elves. Uh, pretty pretty easy to bring Containment Priest in for for those kind of combo-y matchups. Uh, we got a third Monastery Mentor. So I feel the one of a card that is in your main deck is one of the hardest sideboard decisions to make. You know, when do you want to be bringing that Monastery Mentor in? Um, it's kind of the poor man's moat. Like, one of the best... <laughs> in a weird way. Like, next to Humility, which I, I'm pretty sure I'm adding a Humility to my sideboard at some point. Yeah. Um, but against Eldrazi, one of our best plans is just slam a turn three Mentor and then hold up Force Will for their Dismember and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also random other matchups. You know, sometimes Shardless, I'll bring in the third one. Um, and it's also an interesting way to beat the clock. Uh, sometimes you'll play a match that just drags on. It's either really intricate or you're playing around too many things or your opponent's playing around too many things and it just drags on and you'll enter game three with, uh, not a lot of time on the clock. Mm-hmm. So you just want to speed things up. So what right. are you, what are you boarding out for? Are you boarding out a Jace? So, uh, you know, turn, what it, what it's, what's coming out to make room? Uh, it honestly depends on the matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I sideboard by just shuffling 75 cards up and then pulling out 15 bad ones, so... Um, okay. There isn't really a, I'm swapping this Mentor out for X card. It's more, these are the bad cards, these are the good cards kind of deal. Gotcha. Not a bad way to handle things. Uh, then moving on, we got three Flusterstorm for the combo decks. Just pad your uh, Counterspell Suite a bit more. Uh, I like the uh, Kozilek's Return. I haven't really seen that too much in the Miracles list, at least. Yeah, I, I'm i in a group of other guys who play Miracles, so we kind of share tech and discuss matchups and all that jazz. And one of the guys plays a lot of Landstill and has been a big fan of Kozilek's Return and uh, has been telling us to play it for months. Uh, with the printing of Sanctum Prelate, I just wanted a third CMC sweeper that just dealt with what Death and Taxes or any Maverick-style deck or a lot of 
a, a lot of decks in the format just die to Kozilek's return, and they don't expect it. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice fifth instant speed uh, board wipe that gets around Mother Runes. Right, because it's devoid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other benefits, you know, so you, usually we would see something like Volcanic Fallout in that slot in the past, which is one red-red, deal two damage, it's uncounterable. But I feel that, you know, the double red is can be pretty difficult for you to, to play uh, with your mana base. Right. You know, you got two Tundra and a Mountain as your only red sources, so it requires two-thirds of your total red sources to be in play. <laughs> right, and on average... Um I'm, like, predicting away one of my red sources and just kind of relying on having the other two. Uh, game ones, I'll predict away mountain. Or game twos, I'll fetch up the mountain, predict away the vaults. You know, that kind of deal. So having a double red spell is a little sketch in that regard. Yeah, and you don't want, uh, you know, pyroclasm just because you like the instant speed uh, nature of Kozlik's return. And also, you know, I didn't even think about the Sanctum Prelate because I freaking hate that card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the card annoys me to no end. Hate it so much. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was the first week I've registered a Kozlex return. Um, I know some guys who have played double pyroclasm as a way to deal with death and taxes, just go up in sweepers and not really care about the instant speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Kozlex return was absurd every time I cast it, or every time I had it in hand, it was just, you know, just bonkers. Um yeah. Kind of just felt like I couldn't lose. I think I I misjudged Kozlik's return when I first read it, and I think a lot of people have the same reaction because you want to focus on that second ability. When you cast an Eldrazi creature spell, will convert a mana cost seven or greater. You may exile Kozlik's return from your graveyard. If you do, it deals five damage to each creature. But you basically just ignore that half of the card. Yeah, instant speed pyroclasm. It kills pyroclasm kills everything in Legacy that is relevant outside of. Tarmogoyf and Merilage, which my deck can deal with. Yeah, so. like outside of the big dumb beaters. Like, it, it doesn't get Tarmogoyf or Gurmag Angler or Merilage, but, you know, those guys swing in for damage. Y- you're killing all your utility creatures, all the creatures that actually do things in Legacy have two toughness or less. Right. And another nice aspect of Kozlet's Return is people will count how many Terminus you've cast over the course of the game. So sometimes I think I had a guy look at my graveyard, see three terminus in the yard, and then go, "Okay, I can overcommit to the board now," and then just got blown out by Kozlek's return. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I'm really sad because I'm looking up Kozlek's return right now, and I didn't realize it's a thirteen dollar card. Is it? They were selling it for six at the, uh, or one of the vendors was. It's. It out- may have been. Yeah, uh, Oh, yeah, it is. Out of stock at $13. Yeah, uh, standard will do that. It's a four of in the random, like, rug emerge deck. Yeah. You can get it for about uh, $9, $9, $10 on TCG Player. But still, $10 for a standard rare is kind of pricey. Yeah, but it's so worth it. (laughs) It's so worth it. (laughs) If, If you're looking for that effect, it's just great. You know, if you're a deck that Death and Taxes keeps in Mother Runes against, or... If all of your removal is one CMC, just having a three CMC card that they're, you know, they're not going to name three, right? Um, right. Against they, most decks, that's just like a blank name outside and, of, like, show and tell. Yeah, unless you unless you killed them game one with a Monastery Mentor and they're super butthurt about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't see them naming three very, rel- very often. Mm-hmm. 
so also moving on, we got three pyroblast, uh, then two surgical extraction as your graveyard removal of choice. Uh, how come no rest in peace? Oh, I guess because you have the Snapcaster mages. Yeah, surgical Snapcaster is just a solid combo. <laughs> That's um, it has a lot of equity against like Dredge and Reanimator. It's kind of like having two extra Force Wills that uh, that don't play just, the card. <laughs> right? They they still have to counter it, otherwise you know their deck just gets shut off. Uh, it's also a nice solid card against lands like. They can get around rest in peace pretty easily, um, but not really surgical. You can surgical punishing fire loam, or they go off once you plow their merit lage, and then surgical the uh, dark depths or the thespian stage, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I've been able to surgical a dark depths, and it's a great feeling. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the my opponent just scooped. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that can be pretty, uh, backbreaking for the deck. Uh, rounding it out, we got two Wear and Tear, uh, and yep. two Vendillion Click. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the base of where I start my sideboards usually. Um, going forward, I kind of missed having the third Vendillion Click. Um, and I kind of want to play a humility, so I'll probably cut the third mentor from the board, and maybe the containment priest. Um, That's what I like to hear. <laughs> get those get those containment uh, priests out of the seventy five. <laughs> well, in a weird way, humility kind of overlaps with containment priest. It does. It does. In a lot of the same matchups, it just doesn't have that instant speed aspect, but it does a lot more against like Eldrazi and. Random other problem matchups, shardless and the like, you know, cutting off death rate shamans and all that jazz is pretty sweet. Um, and then the third click is just a nice thing to have post board. Uh, like I mentioned before, I like to turn into a flash based mid range deck mm-hmm. a lot of the time if possible. So. Yeah, I played a Snapcaster Vendillion click list this weekend and it felt awesome. Being, being able to just do like instant speed, instant speed threats with value just feels broken. Yeah, like never having to tap out on your turn and then being able to hold up counterspell or snapcaster counterspell and just kind of tempo your opponent out of the game or just tempo them enough to play a mentor and then just kill them from there. Yeah, and also just like Vendillion Click is a beating. Like Vendillion Click has the same clock as a Delver of Secrets. People people tend to forget that sometimes. Just because it's oh, in yeah. a control, just because it's in a control shell, doesn't mean it can go beat down on your ass. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of games where I just slam click on three, untap with counter spell up, and just just go from there. And then usually by the time they bite the bullet and just kill the click, I just play another one. Right. Exactly. Uh, also, times uh, some inexperienced players won't be able to recognize what build of miracles you're on, so I'm sure they'll like board out all their removal because they, you know, if you kill them with an Entreaty Angels or you kill them with a Jace Ultimate, uh, you know, it's probably far fetched to think they wouldn't see a Monastery Mentor if you're ultimating Jace, but things happen. <laughs> right. That's that's one of the nice things about playing the two one split of Mentor and Treat in the main. Uh, there are games where I kill someone with Entreat and they won't bring in their Mentor hate. Or there's games where I kill people with Mentor, and then they just die to Entreat. You know? oh, like, yeah. I've had I've had someone play Knight of Souls Betrayal against me post-board, and then followed up with Sylvan Library, and I'm, I ended up staring at a wear tear and a Mentor in my hand, just, like, couldn't decide what to do. 
Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is nice. And, you know, a, a lot of people, if you win with Entreat the Angels, they'll board out uh, a bunch of their removal. Right. You know, they'll board out their bolts because, like, ah, oh, this isn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, I guess, uh, you want to talk about the event? Anything, you know, anything that stands out to you? Yeah, um, I can just quickly run through what I played against and anything notable from any of the matches. Um, So round one, I played against Bug Delver, which normally isn't notable, but my opponent was leaking a lot of information from, like, before the match started, I knew what he was on. Um, He had a clear deck box, so I saw parts of his sideboard and a Delver of Secrets Mm -hmm. just through the box. Wait, wait, and was the box clear? or? <laughs> yeah, it was like a clear plastic, like, case. So, was, it, was it even a deck box, was or was it just it was like... A, <laughs> was it a Ziploc bag? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did his, was his deck unsleeved with a rubber band around it? <laughs> it was, <laughs> he didn't go that deep, but it was... I don't, it may not have been like an official deck box, but it was a box that he was keeping his deck in that was completely transparent. Um... But also while he was shuffling, he was holding his cards vertically, and I could see the bottom card of his deck occasionally. So I saw Abrupt Decay and Force Will, so I knew he was on Bug Delver before Game 1 started, and I mulliganed accordingly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I ended up getting Game 1, and then Game 2, he cast a Brainstorm, and then again held his cards vertically. So I saw another brainstorm. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that just puts everyone, you know, I feel in such an awkward position whenever that happens, because it's like, come on, man, let's have a fair matchup. Uh, but if you're just going to, like, give me this shit, I can't, I'm not going to say no. Like, Yeah, I just tracked where he put it and then predicted it away. Yeah. So I got to draw two cards off of him not operating properly mechanically. Uh, which was wait. So how did you how did you know the brainstorm was on top? He brainstormed, and then I just kept my eyes on that card. While he oh, so as in like he brain. So you knew his hand. He or, bra- he pondered. Sorry, he pondered, and I saw a brainstorm. Um. Oh, like he he like dropped the card, or it slipped, or something. No, he just held his hand like vertically. So I got a flash of the brainstorm. While he was thinking, and um, <laughs> oh, so he he basically just laid his hand out in front of you. <laughs> he, yeah, he he basically just showed me like one of the cards of his ponder, and I was able to track it while he was just going through the motions, and he left it on top, and I just predicted it away. Ooh. <laughs> um, but yeah, awkward awkward situations. <laughs> You're like, yeah, come on, man, don't don't show me that shit because. I- then, you know, it's unfair to you that you can't make those decisions. You know, it's almost like a twisted way that if, if you weren't allowed to do, you know, to make those decisions, your opponent could, like, purposely show you stuff knowing that you can't act on it because it's outside. It just turns into a layer cake of deceit and unhappiness. <laughs> hide your cards, people. This is your yeah, PSA to hide your cards. Life. <laughs> a layer cake of deceit and unhappiness. <laughs> hide your cards, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's technically perfectly legal to show your opponent your hand at any right. point in the game. <laughs> right. right. So, like, what he did wasn't illegal at all. He he can ponder and show me all three cards. <laughs> and go, what can, what should I do here? 
Yeah. I can just go, I don't know, bro. <laughs> Actually, he can't, because I think that's asking um, for outside assistance. I so, think. <laughs> so it's, like, hard for me to feel bad when somebody isn't concealing their cards. And after the game, or after the match, I did tell him, hey, uh, you were doing X, Y, and Z, so you just, like, gave me all this information that I shouldn't have had over the course of the game. Um, and, you know, that's how I was able to predict, target you, and just kind of do all this other jazz there. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good life lesson. <laughs> yeah, hide your cards. Don't, don't you know, flash your on your cards. You know, at one point he held his, car, his hand horizontally, and I saw a wasteland. And he was on three cards, and I knew his hand, basically. Right. So, you know, just be careful about that. Nice. So, what did you play next? Uh, I showed up to my next match, and my opponent didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you just got that tilting opponent who lost round one and was just like, fuck it, I'm going home? Oh, no, this was the 1-0 bracket. He just showed up 13 minutes late, and oh, I got a round. Oh. How, do you, how do you show up so late after the first round? Did he buy? I imagine you don't. You can't get buys in the classic. I imagine. He oh, went sure, to, yeah, yeah. Like at the Indiana, Indianapolis Convention Center, there's like a mall attached to it where there's a food court. So I just assume he just ran over to get food and just came back late. Um, but regardless, I ended up getting a match win from it. Yeah. Um, nice. The next round was my buddy Michael, uh, the guy who top aided with the Metalworker stacks deck. Um. And that was a pretty interesting match. I misplayed game one, which led to me losing. Um, the board say was pretty cluttered. My side of the field was something like seven lands, two monastery mentors, 12 tokens, and a Jace. His side of the field was Metalworker, Crucible of Worlds, Inventor's Fair. I think the Buried Ruin was in his yard. Uh, a bottle cloister, and just, like, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, two ensnaring bridges, so they couldn't just kill him. And, uh... I... cast Jace with enough mana to force of will through a Trenosphere, and made a mental note that I didn't care about Smokestack at that point. <laughs> Good. And then, for whatever reason, when he cast Smokestack, I just blinked and started spinning top. Yeah. And... And Smokestack resolved, and then he cast Staff of Domination, and I was like, oh, well, I'm just dead here. Which <laughs> which I don't know if I was actually dead. I still had an out to infinite life, since he doesn't play any, like, main deck ways to just kill people. Like, most of his wins are from concessions, just people going, oh, you have infinite life, so I'm dead. <laughs> oh, I think uh, Aaron posted that to the Facebook group a little while ago. It was no-win stacks. <laughs> right. Uh, I told him he should play Aether Hub or whatever that card is. The yeah, the, the gain 50 life, deal 50 damage. Yeah, just, like, something in his list so that if somebody's like, I don't care if you have infinite life, you can just shoot them down. Or the people who will make you show them a win con, because... His win con is actually just use staff to tap his opponent's creatures down and attack with Metal Worker. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, let's see, what else did I play? I played against Shardless. Um, he thought I was on lands because the last time I was in Indy, I borrowed lands from a friend. Um, 
So I think he kept a hand that was good against lands and then lost game one because it wasn't good against <laughs> Uh, the old bait and switch. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next round, I ended up losing to um, uh, Omni Show. Uh, game one, he went off really quickly with forceful backup. Game two, I misplayed. Um, he turned two to defense grid, or turned three to one of the two, and pretty much for the rest of the game, I held up Fluster Storm. Um, I even Dylan clicked him on my turn, saw Show and Tell, Omniscience, Cunning Wish. I took the Show and Tell, but he had a few turns to just draw towards something. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I should have done is as soon as I hit five mana was just play a Snapcaster Mage as an Ambush Viper, and I didn't. And what ended up happening was I just didn't clock him fast enough, so he was able to go off, uh, cast Show and Tell... Uh, Omniscience and then cast an Emrakul, which is the only thing I couldn't beat. Uh, he did have a Besiege you as well. That's why I didn't just counter the show and tell itself. Nice. And then, uh, oh, I did skip around there. The round before I played against Five Color Deathblade. Um, which was a very interesting match, to say the least. Um, game one, you know, he starts off Deathrite Shaman. You know, Stoneforge Mystic, Vendilling uh, Click, all that jazz. Everything's fine and dandy. Um, and then he goes Plateau Young Pyromancer. And at that point, I'm, like, kind of confused as to what's going on. Ended up losing that game. But I was able to, like, pull through games two and three. Kozilek's return was insane against him. Um, it just killed everything in his deck. Nice. And, and then last round, last round was elves. Yeah, <laughs> just elves. Just elves. Yep. Natural order elves, to be specific, not the Julian Knob uh, chaos elves list. Gotcha. Uh, so that's that's how you ended up. Did you have a chance on breakers to make it into top eight, or did you kind of pretty much know what was going on? Um, it would have taken. Something absurd. Uh, two, both of the guy, both of my losses made top eight. Um, I think the no show bricked my breakers a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was saving, sitting at table two, round two, and then table like ten, round three, because of the no show just bricking my breakers. Um, but I think to actually make top eight, I don't think to making top eight would have been possible. I would have needed like. Joe Lissette and Matthew Tickle to draw, but I think Tickle scooped to Joe um, to get him into top eight, and Joe missed on breakers. And then I would have needed Stephen Hendrickson, one of the guys who listens to this cast, to also draw. Hmm. So I would have basically needed everyone to just, like, draw and uh, myself to win to get in top eight, which was just, like... <laughs> Not probable. <laughs> I needed Christmas to happen. Basically. <laughs> uh, well, in the top eight, uh, there was some spiciness. Uh, Brennan Murphy breaking out a Lurin with Recruiter of the Guards. And this looks, looks super cool. Did you, did you get to see any of it in action? 
I kind of caught glances of it during my games. Mm -hmm. Um, The last round, his opponent, the previous round, was sitting next to me, and he was telling his friend, dude, guess what happened to me? I played against Alurin, and games one and two, he cabal therapied me six times, and then game two, he cast Orzhov Pontiff against me, and I just died. (laughs) And what was he on? Uh, Infect. Ah, Yeah, that'll ruin Infect's day. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this list is super cool. Um, I really like it's running a Veteran Explorer package to make it feel a bit like Nick Fit, which I really like. But it's four Baleful Strix, one Parasitic Strix, which is the combo piece, uh, three Shardless Agent, two Arctic Merfolk. Uh, We talked about that card last time. We covered Aluren. Uh, we got one Cavern Harpy as a combo piece, four Deathrite Shaman, an Eternal Witness, a Reclamation Sage, four Recruiter of the Guard, then we got four Aluren and a Sylvan Library to kind of help your draws, three Abrupt Decay to just deal with any problem permanence, four Brainstorm, four Cabal Therapy, and one Thoughtseize rounding out the uh, protection. And then mana base is pretty standard for kind of utility lands. Uh, we have a Phyrexian Tower to help with the Veteran Explorer and uh, Volrath Stronghold to just kind of get some more value. And if any of your combo pieces gets countered or something like that, a way to put it back on top so you can reset. Uh, though interesting, he's also running a Savannah main uh, to kind of help with that white splash. Uh, for the Recruiter of the Guards. Sometimes you just want to play Recruiter of the Guards as a beatdown plan. He also has a pretty reasonable white splash in the sideboard. Yeah. So he's got a Containment Priest, he's got the Orzhov Pontiff, which I feel some players won't won't recognize, but it's from original Ravnica block, one white black for a 1-1 with Haunt. (laughs) Probably a keyword they're probably not ever going to bring back. Uh, when this card is put into a graveyard from play, remove it from the game Haunting Target Creature. So Orzov Ponta comes into play, or the creature it haunts is put into a graveyard. Choose one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Or creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one until end of turn. So you can basically use that as a minus two, minus two, because... Uh, or no, actually, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, a different interaction... Well, you can use it as a minus two, minus two. Um, you can do something like play it, uh, minus one, minus one them. And if you have, like, I don't know, two Cabal Therapies or a Phyrexian Tower, you can sack it, haunt your Veteran Explorer, and then sack the Veteran Explorer to get lands. Right, because uh, you can haunt then, your own creatures. Right, and just play win them. Nice. Uh, then we got two Carpet of Flower, or, uh, sorry, we're doing white splashes. <laughs> we got two <laughs> Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. That kind of rounds it out. Uh, the rest of the list, he's got... He has a, a Containment Priest as well. Yeah, Containment Priest. Uh, we got a Phyrexian Revoker, Bone Shredder, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's two and a black for a 1-1 flying with Echo. When Bone Shredder enters the battlefield, destroy target non-black, non-artifact creature. Uh, two Carpet of Flowers, the fourth Abrupt Decay, and three Force of Will. We got a second Thought Seize, and then two Toxic Deluge. I really, really like this list. I do as well. Um, it feels a little more conjointed, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm thinking of, uh, than the kind of like bug splash red lists. And I think white gives you a little more value. Yeah. Um, like the Pontiff, and then being able to play Containment Priest against, like, show-and-tell decks and 
stuff like that is pretty absurd. Like, right. Because this deck can function completely fine without a Lurin. You know, right. You can just kind of be a mid-range value deck playing Baleful Strix, and, you know, if you can get Cavern Harpy out with either Baleful Strix or Shardless Agent, like, you can just turn that into an engine where you're just getting extra cards grinding out value each turn. Right, right. And with Recruiter of the Guard, it's not that hard to do. And Veteran Explorer just kind of gives you that explosive mana base that you need in order to really go off. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Definitely a cool list. I'm going to have to be sleeving that up uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, So, Pat, did you get to play any Legacy this weekend? Uh, I did not, unfortunately. I know there was a 1K um, up at Gaming, etc., I was not able to attend that, unfortunately. Um, and <laughs> my, uh, so, uh, Danny Cahal is running the, uh, Community Legacy League now on Moto, which is awesome, right? Yeah. And with the new yep. update, uh, my computer, <laughs> <laughs> because it was super old from like 2007, maybe, maybe a little older than that, um, because it was still running Vista, yep. no longer met the minimum requirements for Moto. I found that out when I went to sign into the league that night. <laughs> Um, so I bought a new PC. Um, so I obviously haven't been able to play Moto since, uh, since, you know, like last week or whatever. So hopefully I'll be able to play in the, in the league this week and get some more reps in and, uh, be going to, um, uh, TE on Sunday. That's my plan at least. Nice. I did play in the league and I got promptly crushed. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally loaded the wrong deck. Oh no. So, so I was gonna, Uh-oh. yeah, I was gonna play Grixis Delver. And, like, I have my Grixis Delver list uh, online that we talked about an episode or two ago. Like, the Abrupt Decay, Baleful Strix version. And I accidentally loaded in just regular, plain old Grixis Delver without any green splash. Uh, So, no Abrupt Decay. And I just versed Chalice of the Void decks the entire tournament. (laughs) And, like, even though, like, it wasn't, like, an official tournament, I could have switched decks if I really wanted to. I just felt it went against the spirit of it. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, this is the deck I loaded. I'm going to stick with it. And I just got Chalice of the Void counterbalanced every single round. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, My my last match of the night I was against, uh, uh, I think it was either, like, oh, it was against Aggro Loam. And I had the upper hand. I got him down to, like, six life. Uh, and he landed a chalice on one. And at the end of the game, he won, resolving, like, a Garrick to kill my last Baleful Strix. And I, uh, I, I, uh, ended the game, just revealed my hand for them to see, because a p- few people were watching. And I just had ten one drops in my hands with his chalice in the void. <laughs> Just like, yep, can't do anything. <laughs> that one card won the game. Completely shut me out of the game. Did not draw anything other than a one-drop or a land for the rest of the game. Oh, God. I'm particularly fond of Ben Friedman's four-color Delver list. It runs uh, two troughs for the green splash. Yep. You get to run three Abrupt Decay and three Snapcaster Mage in the main. So that gives you way more game against decks like Miracles and... Um, like one of my buddies, I got him playing the list, and he just like two owed some random guy playing miracles at the classic, like with ease. Yeah, I really like that. If I had Snapcasters online, I would totally sleeve that up. Though, with the kind of whole chess debacle, uh, it sounds like we might get a chance to get some rare legacy playable cards. Have you guys heard about this at all? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. Um, I don't 
quite understand everything because I don't play Moto and I just honestly didn't read anything about it. Yeah, um, Moto, like the Moto prize changes always remind me of the stand up by uh, Ron White. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where he talks about, like, going to the carnival and just wanting to get a beer, and he keeps getting, like, sent all over the carnival. It's like, oh, you can't buy a beer with dollars. <laughs> you need to get coupons. You go get coupons by standing in this line, <laughs> where you exchange your coupons for beer tickets. <laughs> and it's like, that's, right. how I, that's how I feel how mo- moto prizes operate. It's just like, just I don't know what I'm winning, but just, just give me what I'm due. Well, yes, especially <laughs> if you have enough play points. There's also, like, from, like, the outsider's perspective, it seems like they keep lowering the value of winning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, like, the more you win, it just doesn't really add up to anything. Um, And I guess, like, part of that is, like, killing moto grinders and bots or whatever. Uh, But it seems to kind of just be hurting their player base. I know almost a, a lot of the vintage community has just sold out of their collections, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of guys sold out of modern and have been happy about doing so because I guess prices are have, like, tanking online. Like, like that's my understanding. Just horribly dropping. Yeah, people are selling out left and right, but uh, it's mostly due to this kind of hidden treasure thing. That you know, the Wizards announced that instead of winning booster packs as part of tournament winnings, you're gonna win treasure chests <laughs> because they're trying to be Hearthstone really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And treasure chests are made. Yeah, they're they're three cards. They're like a common, an uncommon, a mythic rare from standard, or one card off of a curated list. And that curated list includes cards like Force of Will, Black Lotus, Show and Tell, Liliana. Tarmogoyf. Yeah, but there's also some real stinkers on the list too. There are, but the problem was is Trick Jarrett did a video like showing it off, and in the video he announced like this is an actual test server, the probabilities of these cards coming up are just as likely as it would be when you actually get the treasure chest. And he opens a goddamn force of will. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he had opened, like, a junk rare, maybe people wouldn't have reacted as much. But he opens a force of will on video. <laughs> so I can definitely see why people's panic triggers get set off. Oh my god, people are going to be opening these cards left and right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in given magic players tend to have this the sky is falling mentality. Right. Uh, and that always pops up. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I think people are just mostly sick of moto yeah. and have just been looking for a real excuse to like <laughs> sell out. And if everyone else is selling out, I'm definitely going to sell out, right? <laughs> nah, man, I'm buying in, because they're going to come back to that sweet, sweet crack, <laughs> and they're going to be buying back the cards for twice what they sold them for. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. people say Moto's dying, and it's dead, and they've been saying it for the last six years, and yet here we are, Moto's still chugging along, people are still feeding their dollars into the into the machine. Yeah, on the flip side, this is the perfect time to buy into Moto. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> It, it, it's just like just like the stock market. 2008, the world's falling, financial markets are crashing. Also happens to have been the best time to buy stocks within the last decade. <laughs> yep. uh, you know, once things go to the bottom, the only place they have to go is up. Or they cease to and exist. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> There's always that looming over you. Yeah, hopefully Wizards, like, actually puts effort into fixing Moto as a prod- product, so... It's not known as just like this buggy crap. 
program. Yeah. And is actually something that's more appealing to players. And not just something that people have because they feel forced to have it because they don't live near an LGS or they really want to stream or, you know, do videos for some sort of website and you're forced to have Moto if you want to do that. I swear to God, it's I don't want to beat the dead horse because we've gone, gone over it so many times. I just feel like the easiest and simplest solution is just have subscription service Moto. Yep. I would sign up for that in a fucking heartbeat. I, I think pro- part of the problem, though, is that, like, um, there's so much money people have in their collections. Can you imagine the outcry that would happen if they did that? Like, it'd be a problem. Uh, that sounds like reserved list arguments. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that w- that's just what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, I just feel I could, that's the logic of the reserve list, and I don't think it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I could see I, something. I, totally agree. I, I think it definitely would be more beneficial for the players... If there's something that was like, hey, just sell out of your collection and just buy a subscription to have access to the decks you want to play, um, I think that'll, like, it'll be better for the online metagame, right? Like, there's a lo- huge part of the metagame that's just like, all I can afford is burn. I can't yeah. afford, uh, what was it, Dazes for a while? Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, Rishton port is something absurd. It's like, you know, I know guys who did a lot of testing online for, like, GP Columbus. And got wrecked by, you know, death and taxes because they just didn't get any reps against it. Yeah. Um, Even if they just did, like, subscription players couldn't enter PPTQ-level events or something like that. Just like, you you know, oh, you want to play in these competitive-level events, like, subscription base is friendly only. Just being able, like, I just want, like, Cockatrice that actually functions and works and doesn't require me to download patches from shady (laughs) Russian websites. Like, (laughs) I just want to be able to test with my friends online simply and easily, and if I have to pay a couple bucks a month to do that, I'll gladly do that. Yeah, I don't disagree. So basically, you want people to be able to buy into, like, what the Watsi employees have yes. on their account, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, if you gave, if you brought them that to, like, a subscription base, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Like, get God, I think, God accounts, or I what think they're a, called. <laughs> a lot of people would, honestly. Um, I could see a lot of people just skipping on playing PPTQs or whatever, uh, like you said, just so they can get in more testing online and play leagues and dailies. You know, not everyone wants to drive to their LGS or you know, sometimes there is the, like, you know, group of people that's only, like, super casual or your LGS doesn't fire the format that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And you want to kind of just play more. And like you said, Cockatrice is just not fun to use <laughs> unless you, like... Like, to use Cockatrice effectively, you have to, like, schedule with your friends to, like, Cockatrice and you have to do a Skype call. Or you, like, get on X-Mage, but certain decks are just atrocious to pile it on that, mm-hmm. on that program. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just, just I just want something better. <laughs> I'm willing, I'm willing to pay for it. I'll, I'll gladly pay for it, but just give me something better, Wizards. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not that bad. It's gotten a lot better in the, in the three years that, since I've come back to playing Magic. It, um, it has, but just playing other free-to-play games like League of Legends, and I just started to get into Eve. Uh, which is going free to play in November, and it's just like the competition is just like uh, I, I don't, know, I just don't even want to get into it just because of how trite and drawn out it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's mostly that Wizards just like is, or maybe Hasbro just not caring is that's basically the issue. They just don't care. They already have your money, 
so they don't need to fix the product that you're already addicted to. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Man, we would have come out with bubblegum crack years ago, but they just like this regular crack way too much. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, why would they fix a product that people are already forced into using? Right. Right. You know, like, people will stream X-Major Cockatrice, and people won't watch them because it's not Moto. But you'll have multiple people say, yeah, the guys I play on X-Major, like, basically the same guys I play on Moto, but I'm not paying Mm -hmm. money for it, right? Right, right. But there's just, like, this weird stigma of programs and shady Russian downloads. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like I tried playing uh, Cockatrice with Josh Sissio, like, a year or two ago, and I I ended up with a Russian bride. I don't know how it happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, we can we can wish and hope and dream. Uh, <laughs> I did get to play some Paper Magic this weekend, though. Uh, I did go to the 1K, uh, and I sleeved up the sweet, sweet blue red punishing punishing ice list. <laughs> Is that thing in the ice with like Grove of the Burn Willows just for punishing fire? Yep. Uh, I had Tell a bit- me more. <laughs> <laughs> that deck is a lot of fun. I really, really like that deck, and uh, I, I would definitely pilot again. I did terrible at the event, a uh, combination of bad matchups and also just I didn't know the deck at all. I had playtested it uh, that like Thursday night. I had played a single game against Miracles, and that was the extent of me actually playing the deck. So I basically went into it cold turkey, not really knowing any of the interactions, but it's a blue-red deck, it's counter-burn, it felt a lot like the old-school Stifle Knot list with Stifle, Phyrexian, Dreadnought, only instead of Stifle you have Punishing Fire, and instead of Dreadnought you have Thing in the Ice. (laughs) So it just felt like a much more resilient version of uh, blue-red counter-burn, Stifle Knot. Uh, That seems good. If you're interested in that kind of blue-red counterburn deck. Uh, one of the guys who top aided Matt Brown is a buddy of mine. Uh, and he plays this blue-red... It People think it's blue-red Delver because he plays Delver, so they end up playing around, like, Days and Wasteland the whole game and he just doesn't play those cards. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm looking at his list right now. That's pretty sweet. His creature base is four yeah. Delver of Secrets and then two Grim Lava Manster, Manser, Four Snapcaster Mage, three True Name Nemesis, two Vendillion Click. That is not a Delver creature base. (laughs) Right. Like, the joke, the running joke is, like, when people play against him, they play around good cards and then die to bad cards. Yeah. I watched him, I was it, against both Joe Lissette and... uh, He's running three Spell Snare. Three Spell Snare. (laughs) He loves that card. (laughs) The other thing is, like... In, like, our region of Ohio, there's a lot of guys who like playing Miracles, and, you know, I know, like, six guys who play land, so Spell Snare is, like, randomly absurd here. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I watched him fire ice both Jolicet and Tickle for lethal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'll have to try oh, that out. Sweet. But, yeah, the uh, blue-red punishing ice list, uh, I had a lot of fun. The creature base is two Snapcaster Mage, two Vendillion Click, and then four Thing in the Ice. Uh, honestly, I was disappointed. The only time I flipped Thing in the Ice all day, my opponent scooped before I could flip it. Uh. <laughs> thing in the Ice just eats abrupt decays like no tomorrow, which the deck's fine with because you just win with, you know, yeah. Vendillion Click beats and then 
bolt you, bolt you, snapcaster mage, bolt you, punishing fire you, I win. <laughs> like, the deck doesn't need Thing in the Ice to win at all. Like, you could cut it entirely and just be a pure uh, blue-red counter counterburn deck, but just having that oomph, it's, it's scary. Like, when you resolve Thing in the Ice, people shift gears to just focus on it. I need to get that off the board before it flips. It's a Tarmogoyf in, like, two turns, maybe, I guess. It's like two Tarmogoyfs in two turns is the thing. Yeah. Um, because it, it basically Wrath of Gods and then swings for nine. Which, if they've which already... Is, yeah. If they've taken a bolt yeah. to the face or two, that gets pretty scary. Right. <laughs> is there a reason why you're only running two Snapcaster Mages? I honestly would go up to three. He was great all day. Uh, I took the list off of a Japanese list that I saw. Uh, which was only running two, uh, but after having played the deck in a competitive sense, I would definitely, uh, you know, tick up on the Snapcasters. Okay. Um, and uh, are you playing uh, Fire Ice or not? No, no Fire and Ice, though. I Maybe I'll try it. There's a lot of kind of spice in the deck, so it's got four, four Brainstorm, four Force of Will, four Ponder, as kind of just the 12 of good of blue cards. Uh, then I'm running four lightning bolts, four punishing fire, a chain lightning, and a fork. So, yeah. fork or chain know, lightning could be like fire wait, and fork, ice. Fork the card that just like. Oh, sorry, not not forks, fork, fork bolt, fork bolt. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. That would be super spicy if I just ran fork. <laughs> okay. Um, I know Matt used to run chain lightning in his Delver list, but he switched over to burst lightning. Just because the instant speed was relevant, mm-hmm. and uh, I can definitely there were just see random that. matchups where you could just like kick it and kill somebody. I can definitely see that, especially with Thing in the Ice, because there were turns when I had like Chain Lightning, and I would have wanted to do it as a Lightning Bolt to flip Thing in the Ice end of turn, but I wasn't able to because it was sorcery speed. Um, right. So I could definitely see switching out the Chain Lightning for either Fire and Ice or uh, what was it you said, Lightning Burst? Uh, burst Lightning. Burst Lightning. Um, because that, that I definitely could see it, uh, it, uh, coming in handy. My, so my first round, (laughs) I go up, they announce pairings, and I walk up to the board, and I see my round one opponent is Thomas Smiley. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, good. I hit now, not only is it, uh, round one, a pretty poor matchup, because I knew he was on, uh, Bant. Uh, but I'm also like, oh, I have to play one of the best players in the room round one. This is going to go well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but turn one, I, I kept, uh, like lightning bolt, lightning bolt, brainstorm, force of will, volcanic islands, and like some other card. I'm like, okay, this is good. I can keep this. He's on band. He's going to run out his, his, his mana dorks and I'm just going to kill him and then be able to go off. And that's how it went. I killed off his mana dorks. Force of willed something, and then proceeded to not draw another land for the rest of the game. <laughs> and he just ground me out. I just by the time I finally got my second land, I played my land. It was a polluted delta, and I was dead before I ever cracked it. <laughs> Are you running twenty twenty one or eighteen to twenty lands, something like that? I'm running twenty two lands. Okay. Um, so I'm running four volcanic islands. A tropical island, because in my sideboard I'm running Sylvan Library, Croson Grip. Um, okay. And I just like having access to the green with the Grove of the Burn Willows. Like, if you're already running green with Grove of the Burn Willows, I figure you might as well make use of it. And I just wanted a fetchable green source that wouldn't mess up my mana base too much. 
Um, right, right. It wasn't actually a problem the entire time, so I, I definitely see sticking with the uh, Tropical Island. Uh, and then I'm running also two Wastelands, because, oh, I forgot, I'm also running a Life from the Low Main. That was my spice that I added. <laughs> Which actually was... I, I can get behind Low in any deck. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, and also it's just like, it's a recurring spell that you can use to take counters off of Thing in the Ice. Like, Thing of the Ice's biggest problem is sputtering out when you don't have any more instants or sorceries in your hands, and you just can't top deck one, and Thing in the Ice has one counter on it. You know, Punishing Fire in your graveyard is great, but Life in the Loam can be even better because you don't even need the combo piece with Grove of the Burn Willows to bring it back. Right. It's also nice to, like, Life from the Loam can dig for your removal, which is a nice thing, and fix your mana. Right, because, and, yeah, if I already have Grove of the Burn Willows out, I can just start chugging along with Life from the Loam, just trying to get the Punishing Fires into the graveyard. Right, and if you want to go really deep, you can just play, like, a one-up Fairy Conclave or a Wandering Funeral. <laughs> Super deep. And, you know, you can just get them, right? Yeah. Well, what I also liked about it was the pure engine. The deck I, uh, I was running was also running two Dak Faden and two Jace the Mind Sculptor. And let me tell you, I don't think many people have done this, but getting Punishing Fire online with Grove of the Burn Willows with Dak Faden or Jace is just unfair. You go, like, activate Grove of the Burn Willows, return Punishing Fire to your hand, sometimes two Punishing Fires to your hand, activate Dak Faden, draw two, and then discard the Punishing Fires. Dak Faden just basically turned into draw two cards. (laughs) That and, seems pretty sick. Yeah, same with Jace the Mind Sculptor, where you can brainstorm with Jace and uh, use the draw steps uh, to help with like the life from the loam to get more dredges in, uh, into your graveyard, and then also uh, like putting Punishing Fires on top of your library in case you want to like avoid Surgical Extraction or something like that. So playing with those two Planeswalkers, like the deck definitely felt uh, like I could do anything I wanted. I could be this aggro deck that was going Bolt, Bolt, Snapcaster, Bolt, Vendillion, Click You. Or I could be this grindy matchup where I'm land a Jace, land a Thing in the Ice. They have to decide which one they're going to go for. Thing in the Ice is also a great blocker for Jace. (laughs) You know, it was. Are you running True Name at all, or no, no True Name, just because True Name just plays really, really poorly with Thing in the Ice. You know, you don't really want to be tapping out three for a true name just to have it be returned to your hands, and you just lose so much tempo with it. Uh, that's Makes why, sense. Yeah, that's why it's running the Vendillion click, because you still get the activation. And returning Snapcast to your hand with Thing in the Ice is that much gr- that much better. Like, that, that's oh, yeah. just a sweet play. I know a guy who plays uh, Mono Blue Delver in Modern. Uh, Arthur Fusco. They did a feature on them at GPND. Um, and there have been multiple games where I've seen people, like, go to kill his Snapcaster Mage, and he'll flip his thing in the ice in response, and you can just visibly see his opponents die inside. <laughs> and it's just like, there's there's just like this look where they just like realize they done goofed. And they just <laughs> die. It's, it's great. Uh, that is that is too much. <laughs> but, alas, I'm learning all of this after the fact. You know, against Tom, playing Bant, uh, game one, he he just uh, outlasted me. And then game two, he, go, he taps out for Sword of Fire and Ice. Uh, I didn't have removal at that point. Or I didn't have artifact removal. 
Uh, so he passes it back to me, and I uh, tapped out for a Dak Faden. And he took the opportunity on his next turn to play uh, Aether Sworn Cannonist and then equip Aether Sworn Cannonist with Sword of Fire and Ice. <laughs> Turns out the blue red deck cannot beat that. <laughs> Did you not take the sword with Dak? Uh, or no, it wasn't a Dak. It was, oh, what the hell was it? Jace? It might have been a Jace. No, because that wouldn't make sense because I would, oh, no, yeah. Uh, no, that it might must have been a Jace because it would have had protection from blue, so I couldn't uh, bounce it. Okay. Um, are you running Ancient Grudge in your 75? Or? No, that's something I kind of regretted uh, not having in my sideboard after the fact. I was running a Crozen Grip, and I was digging for it the entire time he was beating me down, but I could not find it before he killed me. Right. Yeah, so I lost, but I got to meet Tom in person finally, and he's a super nice guy, so it was it was good playing against him. And he definitely earned that victory, because I got smoked. <laughs> uh, and then up next, I, I redeemed myself, I made it all better, I versed the one and only Celso. <laughs> <laughs> I just like went up to the parries board round two, and I'm like, yep, this is how today's going to go. <laughs> yeah, they even let bears in that store, huh? They do, they let bears in that store. <laughs> no standards. <laughs> uh, the best part was, is like, we sit down at the table, and me and Celso start bantering with each other. And the guy next to us uh, goes, "Oh man, this is going to be just like le- listening to a leaving the legacy, uh, leaving a legacy podcast. I'm not going to be able to pay attention." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's funny." And then he stares and he looks at us. And he was like, "Yeah, but that Celso guy, man, he's 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 just trying to worm his way in there." <laughs> And I just, like, lost it, because he didn't realize that... I don't know if he thought Celso was someone else, or he didn't realize who Celso was, but, like, I just... I couldn't hold myself in. And then he realized who Celso was. <laughs> it was just the funniest interaction. I loved it. Uh, yeah, his name his name was Ray, so he was a, he was an awesome guy. So, thanks, Ray. You made my day. You made my day with that comment. <laughs> uh, and, of course, I beat Celso, because I'm the hero of the story. <laughs> uh no but in actuality he was running the the like white stacks he was running like kind of maverick stacks running eight thalia <laughs> it's like oh, four sorry. yeah four of each thalia but i don't care because both of them died of punishing fire <laughs> <laughs> so i just grinded Celso out of the game and savored every minute of it i still taste his tears <laughs> And then, because Karma's a bitch, and this is a Greek tragedy, (laughs) I went up against Curtis uh, the next round. Uh, Curtis is the black-red reanimator player we've talked about a couple times, and uh, he he has this running thing where uh, he keeps stats on all of his matches. He's a very math-orientated guy. He's very scientific. Uh, And apparently, he has never been able to beat me for, like, 13 matches of competitive (laughs) legacy. (laughs) And every time we play, I'm like, you never know, Kurt. Because he always, we get matched up, and he's like, he instantly goes on tilt. Oh, no. (laughs) He's just Uh, like, he's just, it's predetermined. It's predetermined. You're going to (laughs) win. I always feel like when you play against me, huh, Jerry? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so we get paired up, and he is on. He is on. You know how there's uh, lands, and then there's turbo depths, which is kind of the new green black list Saffron Olive previewed a little while ago. That's like vampire hex mage dark depths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis took that list and put it on crack. 
<laughs> he's a degenerate combo player. He's known as the son of Grizzlebrand around the shop because of his love of Grizzlebrand. He's playing the Turbo Depth list with four Lotus Petal, four Elvish Spirit Guides. Ooh. So he can just go, like, go Sylvan Scrying for Dark Depths and Thesbian Stage, make Merit Lage attack you for 20. <laughs> like, so I actually have a funny Elvish Spirit Guide story in Legacy. Yeah. Um, one time I was playing a local against a buddy of mine, and uh, he's on Infect, and he plays a Spirit Guide. And uh, over the course of the game, like... I've, like, plowed a guy, snap plowed a guy, terminus some guys away, and then he just goes, Noble Hierarch Elvish Spirit Guide, and just starts attacking. <laughs> um, so anyway, I ult my Jace, and he doesn't scoop, because there's a lethal Noble Hierarch on board. Like, he's locked up by Blue Moon, he has five cards in his deck, and I am just staring down Noble Hierarch. Uh... Yeah, it was a pretty interesting game. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yep, that sounds like my game. So, game one, I didn't know what he was on. I thought he was on either Lands, uh, which he had been on like a little uh, while ago, or his Black-Red Reanimator list, which he's famous for. So I kept a counter-heavy hand, and he just blew me out with just like Thesbian Stage... Uh, uh, crop rotation, getting under my counter magic for Dark Depths, kill you. Uh, game two, I landed in an early Blood Boon, and he just scooped to it. And then game three, he played three Pithing Needles, two on Wasteland, one on Jace. And we were just in this staring match, because he has, uh, he has Dark Depths Thesbian stage in play. He can activate it at any time he wants. But I have Thing in the Ice with one counter on it and Punishing Fire in hand, and he knows it, because I returned <laughs> Punishing Fire. <laughs> so we're in this, like, Mexican standoff where he can't activate his Dark Depths, because then I'll act, I'll flip my uh, Thing in the Ice and, and bounce the token. But also, I can't play any more instants or spo- sorceries, because if I flip Thing in the Ice, he was able to make Merit Lage uh, and attack me the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just in top, de- top deck mode for like 10 turns staring each other down neither one of us being able to do anything because his match his deck is solely designed to just get that situation to happen his deck doesn't really do anything other than get uh, dark depths get Thesbian stage in play <laughs> and we stare each other down it's game 3 just top decking I'm trying to draw another creature or a planeswalker so that won't trigger thing in the ice and he hits abrupt decay Kills my thing in the ice with abrupt decay, makes Merrily's uh, token and kills me. <laughs> oh, <man. God. laughs> so it was it was definitely a fun match, and uh, he he earned it. He is now thirteen and one, <laughs> or one and thirteen, <laughs> I should say. <laughs> uh, and then fourth round of the day, I played Nick Fit, and match one was a grind fest. It lasted forty minutes. <laughs> And he ended up winning uh, by resolving a Sigarda host of Herons. Turns out I didn't have any way to answer the Sigarda because he Swords to Plash shared all four of my Thing in the Ices, which is my only way to get Sigarda off the board. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sigarda will do that. Yes, Sigarda is a beast. And I ended up scooping to him because I didn't feel like trying to jam a game in in ten minutes. (laughs) I've had something similar happen to uh, to me. At an SCG. I played a... I think it was like a 35-minute game one against Rug Lands. 
And then we finish game one. The guy is able to, like, win. Um, and then he offers the draw. It was the last round. He wanted to draw before, and it's, I wasn't sure about the breakers and all that jazz in terms of cashing. So we play out our 35-minute game one. He offers the draw after winning, and I snap, take it off, take that uh, <laughs> offer, because yeah. it was just like a horrible game of Magic. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. So did we want to get into some scoops? Yeah, sure. Lawrence. Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of sounds to, to edit out later on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, Pat, you wanna you wanna start us off the the strong and silent type this episode? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Verizon customer support is a son of a bitch. Just so you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna just scoop in Lawrence. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, you know, really good to hear you talk about uh, miracles. Um, it's a deck that you know. A lot of us are familiar with, and a lot of us have played against many, many times. And getting the kind of inside scoop from someone who is a Miracles player uh, is always pretty enlightening. And I think if you want to beat the deck or play the deck, um, getting in the head of someone who is very familiar with it is a, a huge, uh, huge advantage. Um, and uh, just congrats on your uh, on your tenth place finish. That's a very strong finish, and uh, that's all I got, man. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Uh, <laughs> people ever have questions about the deck, you know, how they should play against it in a certain matchup or what cards I actually care about out of their deck and all that jazz, they can just hit me up on the page. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, what about uh, you, Adrian? Uh, who do you want to scoop in? Yeah, that's kind of out of nowhere. Let's see. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even start with how's it going. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking pulled it out of nowhere. <laughs> no, man, you've been here the whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. I just been fucking hanging out. I'm gonna, I'll scoop in Jonathan Knapp. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> a- any particular reason why, or just <laughs> naming names? Just naming names. All right, I can uh, respect I, that. I, I I I put up a. Post actually, it's funny. I put up a post that's actually fraudulent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you come on the cast tonight just to come, uh, confess to your crimes? <laughs> well, the thing is, if you, if you, I don't know. I guess if you research the post, I look up it. The way it's worded is well, so I like it. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't make it a real quote. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. He. He, he offered an interesting debate for a minute, um, but it didn't. Man, I don't want to. I don't want to knock anything either. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. I was trying to remain open-minded. You know, I just I try to remain open-minded. Like I'm. This this whole fucking election shit's kind of weird, man. Oh, Everybody calls it like. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. So how's legacy doing? <laughs> yeah, like, I like how you just come on as we're wrapping up. You're like, yeah, let's talk about politics real yeah, quick. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> it's not so much politics. I don't know. It's just, it's really sad. I was watching this, um, you have a CV for Vendetta? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was that, watching that. That is a fictional movie. <laughs> no, Pat, I'm pretty sure it's a documentary. But it turns out <laughs> if you actually take one of the lines from the movie and put it in a Facebook, people think it's a real quote. I mean, I just oh, I just add Winston Churchill and or Theodore Roosevelt after everything I type. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. This 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 is all. It's all very interesting stuff. I, I'm not. I don't know about you guys. I'm not fucking party affiliated either way. All right, all right, all right. Before we go down a deep dark place, Lars, what about what about you, man? You got any scoops? <laughs> yeah, you got any cell phone oh, clips? Want to talk about? <laughs> Uh, apparently, Verizon is not sick value. So. No, it's not sick <laughs> value at all. You know, it's you know, uh, you, man. You ever look oh, into what were you saying? You ever look into their taxes? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I hate Verizon. Oh, I hate Verizon. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. welcome to leaving a financial legacy podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh shit, man! You should see the fucking thing I'm doing. Too. Uh, it's no speaking. Speaking of that, it's funny because when we were trying to like look up domain names uh, for the website, fucking leaving a legacy was already taken by like a mortuary. <laughs> nice. I mean, that's pretty metal. Yeah, I guess. I guess. You know, you wait until they they lapse on payments, and then you snag the domain. Yeah. And then, oh, you have all this freak, like, all these customers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for some reason, when you say legacy, all anyone ever wants to think about is estate planning. (laughs) Can we we get them shallowgrave.com? Adrian, you'll love this. At the classic, round one. The match that went to time was Lands versus Tenfins. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Wait a minute, no, I think joking. I did that before. I think Blake had me in a times fucking game. Uh, no, the worst part is game three, the like, Lands player didn't have any taxing effects in play. I have okay. no idea what happened. I just walked up. He just kept Maze of This is why you run, this is why you run, uh, Tendrils of Agony, people. This is why. <laughs> The Tensman's player eventually did tendrils him out, but I just have no idea how they got the time. I I just have no idea how that happens. Uh, maybe the Tensman's player had never played the deck before and was like taking forever to do storm counts and all of that. Oh, he must have had a place Dude. in a monastery in there. It can get pretty. Hey, hey now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it can get pretty difficult keeping track of life, like counting up and down in, in increments of seven. Like you really run your multiplication tables. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, I, I paid seven, but then I also fetched and get taxi and probed, and then I'm going to gain seven, pay seven more, so that puts me up at seventeen. Now I'm also now I'm going to sack children, and now I'm going to pay seven more, and then I'm going to get taxi probe again. Like that shit gets hard. <laughs> oh, but it's so much fun. It is. It is. Yeah, ten, ten fence is great. Oh yeah. No, I'm trying to get see Lita's been doing. Uh, she's working again, so now there's like. Certain nights that she has off, and to, it's, it, lately it's been Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's why I keep trying to record on Mondays, and you guys keep fucking throwing that shit off. Uh, what day is it today, Adrian? Well, yeah, today's Monday, <laughs> but it's the first Monday of the month. I, did, I had to go to a, like a real estate thing, but it was um, the Legacy Real Estate of New England Association. <laughs> uh, so, there's, there's, a, there's a couple other things I'm looking at too. And I, I'm not going to fucking take you too deep into it, Jerry, but how fa- how familiar are you with options? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I do trade options contracts, Asian. If you want to talk some options, hit me up. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, some of the points. Have you ever heard of Tasty Trade? 
Is that like, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, check them out, <laughs> check them out sometime. It's actually kind of cool. I'll check it out. What are they? Just a trading service? Just giving? No, 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 uh, no, not at all. They're just a media site. They just put out free content. Oh, nice. Adrian, have you ever played Doomsday in Ten Fins? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, that's the fucking balls. <laughs> okay. oh, he did 56th at uh, GP New Jersey with Ten Fins, uh, Doomsday Sideboard going into Shell Dock Isle. Yeah. I was really hoping you would say no, and then I could make a joke about if you sleeve up ten pins, you've already committed to going deep, so why not go deeper? <laughs> uh, but I just got blown out there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, have you heard about the one about the one-legged guy in the boat? Yes, I have. Yeah, End of joke. I, I don't know if you can give me a variation of ten pins that I haven't probably played or at least seen, and every once in a while I'll still come across somebody who tries to explain to me how ten pins works. What about Punishing Fire tin, tin, tin Fins? Have you All seen right, that? No, that one I haven't seen. <laughs> it hasn't. It doesn't exist yet. Yeah, Curative Tin Fins. <laughs> you actually wait a minute. How does that actually? No, there was no interaction with Grover the Burn with little children. You had me thinking about the burn. No, you could. You. Oh wait, no, wait. That doesn't work either. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> I love all the moments. No, no, no. See, here's what happens. You Punishing Fire your opponent and then donate the children of Coralie. <laughs> <laughs> and then mind-slaver them, forcing them to sack it? <laughs> yeah, gotta go deep. Yeah, I will make them gain as much life as possible. <laughs> and then Illusions of Grandeur. Profit. <laughs> What's that card, Tainted Remedy? The, if somebody would gain life, they lose it. Kind of deal. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. oh what's, what's, what's that? What's that fucking Nexus? Wasn't there an artifact a little while ago too? And if they were going to take an extra turn, they fucking skip it or something. Oh yeah. Oh, Lugan's Nexus. Yeah. Lugan's Nexus. That does that same shit, right? Like... <laughs> Time warp targeting you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what about the? Has there? Is there anything breaking out from the new set? Uh. uh... I think we're still. In... Inve- I I got ground out by Inventor's Fair Crucible of Worlds. Uh, against mono brown stacks. Yeah, the money because, have, got, have definitely like made that a four of in their lands. Yeah, yeah, uncounterable instant speed diabolic tutor for any lock piece in your deck is pretty absurd. Yeah, I think people are still digesting it because we're just now starting to see the conspiracy cards uh, okay, stabilize. Yeah. So I think you know, in about a month from now, that's when we're going to start seeing Kaladesh put the real splash in Legacy. Okay, uh, I still I still yeah. like what Braden put up with Isochron uh, Scepter. So yeah, scoop into Braden also. What was it, Isochron Scepter with what? That fucking thing that like untaps all your permanents. Oh, the uh, two drop. Um, the, yeah, he put it in the Facebook. It's group. Like, a, it's like a blue instant. It's not you, Jace. It's like one in a blue for an instant. Yeah. Un- untap all yeah, non- all non land permanents. It's, it's like a really bad turnabout that like just has synergy with Isochron Scepter. <laughs> it's it's a turnabout so, that can be abrupt decayed. <laughs> yeah. put, put, put turnabout on an Isochron Scepter Opponent abrupt decays Isochron Scepter <laughs> And Splash and Snapcaster <laughs> I guess as long as you have like the Grim Monolith Or some other three mana mana producer Well I mean even What you do is you play Isochron Scepter With, turn, with uh, the mini turnabout And as long as you have a Like uh Grim Monolith or uh, ob- actually, Basilisk, a, Obelisk, or what, what's the like three for uh, artifact? Tap to add three, pay three yeah, to untap it. Jerry, you're missing it though. You're, you're comparing that is Grim Monolith. You're comparing it to Turnabout, but Turnabout disposes itself. Uh, Isochron Scepter is going to untap itself. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying because it's instant speed. What's it's like Basalt Monolith? It's from like Beta. Tur- yeah. Turnabout is instant speed also. 
Yeah, I know. Grim Model is, Let me is finish. Two to make three mana and then two to untap. Two or three. I don't remember, man. I haven't queued in a while. Three lands. It's, it's four. It's four. It's four to untap. Anyways, that's beyond the point. Look, the point you is, just is, put a second ice scepter on dark red, and you're good to go. <laughs> yes, you can do that. Or even better is with Grim Monolith. If they try and abrupt decay the ice scepter, you just make infinite mana in response. Because you tap the Grim Monolith to tap Isochron Scepter, all all Abrupt Decay is on the stack, untap everything, repeat the process infinite time, you have infinite colorless mana. Wait a minute, is Isochron Scepter 3 to activate or 2? It's 2 to activate. 2. Oh, so you don't need Grim Monolith for that. You just need 3 lands. No, because the spell doesn't no. untap your lands. What? It only it only untaps non-land permanents, so you need another... Oh, that blue spell does? Yeah. 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 That's why it costs oh, half oh, no, that's sorry, why it's no, half no. the cost of turnabout. Oh sorry, Brady. I was really all hoping for that too. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say the whole time. Well then you should have just said that. I was trying. Like, it's like a mini turnabout, just say it doesn't untap lands. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I can't get, I try to get advice from you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> you just block it out. <laughs> you, lead, you lead me down a straight path. <laughs> uh, so what else? Uh, Jerry, you got any scoops? I do. I do have scoops. I'm going to scoop Adrian on because he came on. Wait, who's that? Yeah, that guy. Oh, that guy? Yeah, that guy. Fuck special that guy. special guest host, Adrian. Yeah, special guest host, Adrian. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Everyone. <laughs> did you make it to? Were you like 26 today after self <laughs> I kept seeing the list go. I'm like, you cannot forget uh, Medina. <laughs> I actually, I'm glad we did that because I don't think we have, uh, we've ever done that before. We where we compiled a list of all the guests in There's the history. A lot of guests. Yeah, There's a lot of guests. there. I is. didn't realize Medina was at 15. That means it's it's getting close to being two years since we've had him on. I know, right? I, sh- I should re- I should extend. Uh, we should reach out to him and see we, what he's been up to. We should correct that. Uh, just being very Christian. Uh, well, he's been, he's I think been he a card game too. Is it? Oh, he, really? Is he making a card game based on the Bible? Yeah, he's been. Doing I think that. so. Well, no. Yeah, it was like an hour from me or something. Nice. Uh, so I like randomly see Facebook posts from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think. But yeah, like I, I've heard, like he, he's yeah, he's hired like graphic designers and he's hired illustrators. Like he's he's all about this game. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, scoop him in too. Uh, also, definitely gonna scoop Lawrence in. Thanks for coming on, man. Glad we could finally get you on here. Yeah, anytime, man. It was a blast. Uh, also gonna scoop Ray in, the player from the event that was shit talking Celso. Keep it up, Ray. <laughs> Celso sucks. Let him oh. know it. <laughs> just, just kidding, Celso. Just kidding, Celso. <laughs> Uh, and also gonna scoop in Tom because you were an awesome opponent and super friendly. So thanks for being cool, Tom. Nice. Oh yeah. I'll yeah, scoop in the guy who played five colored Deathblade against me because it takes <laughs> real balls to sleeve that deck up. <laughs> okay. His deck had Deathrite Shaman, Young Pyromancer, Lingering Souls, Vendillion Click, Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, I feel like I'm missing something. Basically, any premier threat in Legacy that can be cast for two mana in any color. So you're saying he was running an EDH deck? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kind of. Oh, boy. Yeah, that deck was bonkers. Jeez. 
I've never wished I had Blood Moon in my sideboard more. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, boy. Wait, what, what about... You're playing Miracles, right? Yeah. You got any... You don't, Do you use Back to Basics at all? No, I just don't worry about okay. Land Hate because yeah, I don't so, need it. Lands. I yeah, I know some, some Miracles decks will play Blood Moon, too. I didn't know if you do either one. Uh, Blood Moon is really swingy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's great, other times you have to like work really hard to leverage it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just like to fetch into basics, just as just like a general <coughs> thing. Right. So you can just like get your opponents to play around Blood Moon and just brick their own mana bases without having it at the deck. Okay. All right, gents. I right, just right. I got I, I got one more. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Ian motherfucking Daggerson McCown. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cause. Uh, well, he hit me up. He got that. You must have given him that shirt. I did. I did. Yeah. So I guess he was holding it up at the tournament too. Uh, I also believe he top forward and oh, Zach. Zach also top forward. So uh, was Zach playing the Goblin Stompy deck? Uh, I don't know if it was that Zach or other Zach. I just saw oh. Aaron said congratulations to Zach. Oh. So Zach. Whichever one you are, if you top forward, good for you. Because it's real personal. <laughs> Other Zach, better luck next time. <laughs> <laughs> but we definitely know Ian top forward, so good on you, Ian. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's two possible Zachs. <laughs> is he playing that, like, uh, what is it, the band, band Death Blade list he, he was on? Uh, I think so. I didn't get a chance to see him play. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. You won't be your friends, Jerry. Yeah, I know. I care. I care a lot. Yeah. I'm just really busy with me time. Oh my god! <laughs> is that a pun big. based on your last name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my entire life has been a pun based on my last name. <laughs> oh my god! My high school's ba- time, mom. <laughs> my high school's band name was uh, "What About Me," spelled uh, M-E. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> we won Battle of the Bands 2006. Thank you very much. Was <laughs> your mom on lead guitar? <laughs> <laughs> she she plays a mean riff. <laughs> Don't call, please tell me your father's name wasn't Riff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm Gerald Stephen Riff Me the Third. <laughs> uh, all right, should we roll this die? Come on. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to a turn weekend. That's that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Here we go. Four. We got four. Pat, <laughs> do you think it's going to be good? How good do you think it's going to be, not. Pat? <laughs> Pat, what is your opinion you on... that silly fucking song thing? <laughs> what is your opinion on song number two by Blur? Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yes, thank you. We finally got one that Pat approves of. Thank you, Joel Michael. You I struck did. the magic note. I did. I did a uh, play. Uh, what was it? Is that uh, why Aaron had to hear all the single ladies? Is that <laughs> why, uh... His fiance requested it. <laughs> yeah. See, you guys always judge the dice game, but look what happened when we couldn't find a twenty-sided die. We get all the single ladies. <laughs> see, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, people. Uh, also, shout out, shout out to Joel term. because he did song number two by Blur. Thank you, Starship Troopers. Quality movie. <laughs> All right. How about, uh, wait, what the, oh, fuck, I fucking missed it. Um, 
Damn it, it was on the fucking Facebook group, too. Ah, shit. Fuck it. I missed it. <laughs> no, uh, Josh, Josh put something up there. Not Sissio, but, um. Miller? Yeah, Grapple Grapple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> grapple Grapple. Yeah, wasn't Trivium? Oh, you're talking no. about just like a regular post? There was, there was a post he put up there. Where the hell is the fucking. No, there was something on the Facebook group. Everybody started putting in some shit about some song they wanted to hear. Remember, who the hell was that? Braden? Braden started the thread. Yes. And then everybody yeah. started chiming in on songs that they wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah. And then Aaron put something up. And then Josh said that he, everybody should protest until they played it. It was like fucking air supply. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. out of love. There you go. So, over the die patch, just go with All Out of Love by Air Supply. <laughs> no, we <laughs> finally got one that that approves of. You can't just override this shit. <laughs> we're going to have riots in the streets if we're not All Out of Love. No, this is the minority trying to overrule the steady hand of democracy what and random ro- die roll. You know, is, is, is democracy good? No, my, well, nope, sorry, trigger oh. word. Didn't mean to use a trigger word. <laughs> Democracy is a trigger word on leaving a legacy. Pat, play us out with some sweet song number two before this gets crazy. Uh, Jerry's all out of love. <laughs> 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 